I enjoyed them. They were overhyped and oversold the f- to fuck to me. I think yeah. that's another reason why these have, you know, kind of like disappointed me a bit because of how much hype I've had for them. Yeah. But yeah, it, they were good. They were good ghost films. That's rare. Honestly, like genuinely, good ghost films is kind of rare. The last good ghost film I watched was Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories is great. Go and watch Ghost Stories instead of all of these ghost movies. Ghost Stories is really good. Go watch Ghost Stories instead. <laughs> Go- ghost Stories is like a 10 out of 10. It's so good. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another installment of the Filmian Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Xander Linguist, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Mr. David French. How are you doing, David? Hi, Xander. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> Oh, doing all right, mate. This week we're gonna film you in uh, spooky style, um, or possibly co- not so spooky style. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, for- a bit of bit of bit of foreshadowing. We're doing the Conjuring films today. Ooh, so spooky, scary. Because uh, the third one came out in the UK and it came out in America as well this uh, this past week. So we figured we'd have a look back at the first two, and I've got my review of the third one that um, I'm going to go through in a little bit. But firstly, David, I believe you Gandalf. have some news for us. Um, no, no, I don't. I have a, I have a trailer to discuss. Uh, that's about it. Even um, better. Well, I mean, he, he, Alexander was saying that he wanted to watch it. He wanted to talk about his trailer, so you maybe watch it just before recording. Yes. I'm going to immediately make this film even worse for you, Xander, because you're already thinking that it's probably going to be bad. Yeah. It's a PG-13. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, that's uh, that's immediately losing points. Do you want to, do you want to maybe is... introduce the movie? Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the, movie, the trailer came out like a couple hours ago. As professional, and it's called Reminiscence. Uh, Reminiscence. Starring Reminiscence. Starring okay. Hubert Jackman. Starring huge, the huge Jackman himself and Rebecca Ferguson. Yes, and a few other people. Sandy Newton. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing my Robert De Niro face. No, no, no. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing my Robert. Anyway, 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 anyway. Anyway, so this movie, this movie that we're going to talk about the trailer of and stop Xander from doing his fucking Robert De Niro face, even though I can't see it, I can feel it. A scientist discovers a way to relive your past and uses the technology to search for his long lost love. One, that doesn't seem like what's going on in the trailer. It seems like this is a a big, like, it's a big tech thing. This seems like it's kind of, like, readily available for purchase. No, no, I I didn't get that at all. It looked like he was the only one doing it. And that's why people, that's why people, that's why someone went to him at the the start of the trailer and he's like, oh, okay, fine, we'll we'll do you and then we'll close up shop. Because it's just him doing it. Um, yeah, I think this looks super interesting, um, and I, I I like I really like Hubert Jackman, uh, so it's good to see him. I like seeing him in more dramatic roles because I think one one of his best performances is in Prisoners, and that's slowly becoming one of my favorite movies of all time. It's so good; you should watch it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this weird, like it looks like proper weird sci-fi. Like it looks like a normal drama with a sci-fi twist, and that's that's super interesting. Like that, I think that's a really good way to use sci-fi. We, we get people it in with really the normal concept, and then add a sci-fi twist that you're like, "Ooh, that's pretty See, cool." 
that's where this movie kind of starts to fall for me because it is a very good sci-fi twist it's a very good sci-fi like concept but then in the trailer it starts showing off a decent chunk of action towards the end of the trailer and i am that's where the the film's already lost me see it um, looked like it looked that, like one fight scene i don't think like there'll be action i don't it, it looked like no good that action. was multiple fight scenes I d- that I d- was multiple fight scenes. That I don't was multiple think, action scenes. I don't think that's going to ruin it, though. It looks like an action drama. No, I... An action sci-fi drama. See, that's the thing, though. I feel like this kind of thing, it should just be more a mystery thriller of him. He's just looking for this person. He's not, like, got any specific training. He's a scientist, according to this. What kind of fucking combat training would he have? I know, but he looks like Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he, but once it's again... It's literally though, like, in his name. Saying, he's a, he's a yourself, huge jacked like man. In his more serious <laughs> roles. But you you've said you said yourself you like him in his more serious roles. Yeah, and yeah, I know, I know. Honestly, I want to I want to see a film where Hugh Jackman fuck what's that Christopher Nolan one? The um The Prestige. The Magician one. The, the Prestige. Prestige. There's there's literally like he doesn't he, yeah, and that, that one's fantastic. And that's all drama. That's all serious shit. Like, obviously, there's some comedy here and there, but that's just nothing but serious shit. And I want this to kind of remind me of that. I want this to be reminiscent. (laughs) Okay, Um, now we're moving on. Now we're moving on. Now we're moving on. I think it looks really interesting. (laughs) It comes out out at the end of August. It looks Um, interesting. I'm I'm definitely going to be checking it out. As mentioned earlier, we're going to be doing the Conjuring films. But to start off this episode... And, and because we know that a lot of people aren't going to listen all the way to, to the end to hear what I think about the third one, we're going to do our my review of the third film, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, right at the top. And that's for you guys, the plastic fans that aren't here every week. Um, I don't know why I'm insulting them like that. Why am I doing that? Shout out to the fans that are here every week. Yes, all of you. Um, right, so... All... Seven of you. There's more than seven of them. Um. So there's at least eight. The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh. The synopsis on Wik- on um Google is: Paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren take on one of the most sensational cases of their careers after a cop stumbles upon a dazed and bloodied young man walking down the road. Accused of murder, the suspect claims demonic possession as his defence, forcing the Warrens into a supernatural inquiry unlike anything they've ever seen before. Uh, this movie currently is at 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm just going to check the audience score. The audience score is... Oh my god, it's not even there. What the fuck? And the audience score has actually gone down. The the critic score. So it's actually at 64%. Um, oh wow, that's actually surprising. I thought the fans would have been like, no, nah, this is the best Conjuring movie yet. No, the, that's what um, they usually like whenever a new Conjuring film comes out. No, the, um, the, the audience, they just haven't released the audience score yet, I think, because it's not entirely out in the... Oh, in right. But um, okay. here's, here's my review of it. I wrote, wow, what a pleasant surprise. I was expecting a hunk of shit going into this movie, but I was blown away by how invested I was in this story. It strips away the extra plot points that dragged the second one down and adds some real human moments for the leading couple who truly shine in this movie. The main villain is a little forgettable, but the concept is very interesting and the scares are good, but not too often that it feels cheap. 
This movie's job was to fix the problems of the second film, and for me, it does its job very well. It also has a fantastic opening scene. Um, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I, I thought that was going to be way longer. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, I, re- I was expecting to be able to have a quick nap during that. No, 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 no. Nah. Um, yeah, I, re- I really dug this. I, I think the uh, yeah the, op- the opening scene is phenomenal in this. Um, and I think there's there's some really great set pieces. There's one in a morgue that is genuinely terrifying. Um, and there's some really great shots as well. The, it's not directed by James Wan, which, sure, maybe a little sceptical. But genuinely, I think this is... The, this. When I got out of this, I was like, wow. This is probably close to the second film in terms of quality. It's in, in, close to the first one, See, sorry. immediately I was one. thinking this was going to be a piece of shit based on... I thought this is going to be a piece of shit based on what he's direct, what the director directed before this. What else is he directed? The Curse of La Llorona. Oh God, that movie's bad. Yeah, that movie's really bad. Also, that somehow apparently that is in the Conjuring universe. Is that at all connected to the main Conjuring storyline, or is that more of a you know? It's, um, it's connected uh, through one um, like side character. And that was only in case that That's was just yeah they only did that because they were like this might not be good, so we'll just loosely connect. Was it. it at least Drew? No. Wasn't even Drew. No. Shame. Um, but yeah, See, I I thought this was going to be a completely different like thing, and um, it was going to be a like Cloverfield paradox thing where they just very loosely collect it by putting one word in there. Oh no, no. Uh, but yeah, this movie genuinely really good. Like they they don't like I I have a lot of problems with the second one, um, but I I think I'll sort of spoil that here. Not not this movie, but the, like my thoughts on the second one. Like the second one is so, so overstuffed with like side plots and trying to build spin offs to this franchise, and this movie really doesn't ma- care about that. Yeah, like this movie has it strips away so much of that nonsense and. A big problem I have with that second movie is that the the two like um, Ed and Lorraine, Lorraine Warren, they could have like a different side plot other than the nun being like, oh, this big thing and it tying into the first movie and like, overarching the entire film. You could have it like they're like maybe having marital problems or something, and then when they get to this this um, this next investigation, it brings them closer together as a couple, and that's what this yeah. movie does they're not having marital problems but something happens at the start of it that affects the rest of the movie and affects this couple and in specifically one of them and they're like right okay i can't that like you know i need to sort of be a bit more careful now going forward and it's a real human moment and it's like okay these guys are actually just normal people instead of making them like these super demon hunters they're like yeah they're still just people trying to do a job and it makes it feel more real. Yeah. So I really appreciate that in this movie. Yeah. I think this is a really solid entry into the franchise as a whole. Probably the probably one of the best ones in the whole series. Um, yeah. Like I said, uh, seven point five out also, of ten. Also, something recommend. that I wanted to something I wanted to quickly um, touch on is um, the true story that inspired it because these movies are like 
At least the main three, I don't know about the rest of them, but the main three are inspired by true stories. Yes. Uh, basically just like different hauntings that the actual um, Lorraine and Ed Warren uh, investigated. Yes. But these ones, this one apparently takes the most liberty than yeah. any others uh, because it was, grand, it's the first ever court case to involve demonic possession as uh, the plead. Which is really, really interesting. But one thing that was also um, a thing was the kid that actually was found, uh, like bloody and all this and the other, had a history of mental health issues. So, and it was primarily like schizophrenia as well. So that's where this all comes from. But that, like, this is the kind of thing that really interests me about like ghost movies in general, like seeing the stories that they're based off of and how much liberty the film has taken. Like I haven't looked into Conjuring 1 and 2 yet. Yeah. But I really do want to after watching them. But yeah, that was, that was the thing I wanted to talk about because I'm not going to see this in cinema. I don't plan to. I've, this is the only time I've watched these films. Yeah. Well, I... I think it's if if it's safe to go out, um, if if you've got like your vaccine and stuff, then it, I think it's worth seeing in the cinema. Uh, just just seeing in general, it, like it's not a it's not an urgent one, but you know, yeah, I think you should, I think it's worth a watch definitely. Um, yeah, check it out, guys. It's a, it's a good movie. Those are rare nowadays. Um, <laughs> happy Pride, everyone! Hey, Happy Pride! To celebrate this wondrous month for everyone that is a part of the LGBTQ plus community, we are going to be every week recommending you guys a movie that has really, really good LGBTQ plus representation. Um, this is something that means a lot to both me and David, uh, as we are both a part of this community. So um, we're, we're going to recommend you some films that we really like um, and that we think you guys should watch if you haven't. Uh, so the first one we're going to recommend this week is... Love, Simon. And by the way, yes, the we may have talked about these films before. Um, it's more just to show awareness to these films during Pride. Exactly. But yes, Love, Simon. Um, what a belter. What a movie. Uh, so with a 7.6 on IMDb, a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, the plot is... As on Google, anyway. Simon Spear keeps his sexual orientation a secret from his family. However, when a blackmailer threatens to reveal it, he goes on a roller coaster journey to come to terms with his identity. Which I like the uh, the addition of roller coaster there. That's a nice little, yeah. nice little bit of foreshadowing. A little bit of foreshadowing for the ending, yeah. Um, oh, oh. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. You, when, when did you first watch this film? I first watched this film quite recently, actually. Um, a few weeks ago, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, I fucking cried during this movie, man. It's so good. <laughs> it's so sweet. And it's just, honestly, like, n nothing will be how real this actually feels. Yeah. Like, it's, the writing especially is so perfect because it's not writing a gay person is like, oh my God, I hate what I am. I hate this, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not how it is, like, Honestly, people in the LGBT community like act, almost always out themselves because they nearly sell a gay joke. Like they accidentally out themselves through jokes. I did that with a lot of my friends. Actually, <laughs> my coming out story to, a, to one of my main groups of friends was me telling a, like a bi joke. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, this the first time I watched this, I was in. I saw it in the cinema. I was really looking forward to it, and it it genuinely it broke me. I got out of the cinema and I called you, and I was in tears. And yeah. um, that 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 really helped me, uh, you know, sort of start my journey into where I am now, um, as a part of this community. And I feel honoured as a as a part of it. So um, yeah, this this movie is a really really good watch, and it also has one of the biggest God I hate this dickhead performances in in a movie I've seen. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's um. Oh, he's, he's in escape room as well. I don't know his name, but he's really good. He's really I've good. I've forgotten in this. his character, uh, his character's name in this, but I know exactly who you're on about. He's the he's the guy that blackmails him. And yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. you hate him. But it's it, obviously it plays he plays it well enough for you to hate not only the character but kind of the actor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, which. That is so impressive. Like whenever an actor does that, it is so nice. But then there's also like there's so many cute moments in this film. Yeah. Like when he comes out to his dad and that entire you know back and forth with his dad, it's so sweet that they're so supportive and they're so nice about it. But yeah, I I loved every second of this film. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's yeah, a really good watch. Recommend it. And it is the first movie um, inducted into our pride. Uh, recommendation wall hall of fame wall of fame our our blu-ray collection of fame that's what we're gonna call it that's what we're gonna call it oh my god Uh, um right okay um now make a a pride flag out of movies yes let's let's do that oh my god we'll 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 take film twitter by storm um right actually sick though now back to the episode Right, so now we've got our review of The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It Out of the Way. Now we can talk about the other films in this uh, franchise. We're not doing the spin-offs. We're not doing Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, Annabelle Comes Home, The Nun, or The Curse of La Llorona. We are just sticking to the main Conjuring films. That's Conjuring 1 and The Conjuring 2. Um, David, you had to go away and watch these. Uh, You've never seen them before. Um, what 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 did you think of the series as a whole? Yeah. So so far, what I've watched, I've only watched the first two, um, Conjuring one and two. I've been begged by many people to watch trees, saying they're like the best horror films of this generation. I was really underwhelmed. I didn't get scared a bit of any of these. I think the second one had one moment where I was a little creeped out, and that was it. These films just did not do anything for me, horror-wise. They just seemed really lazy and just turn your brain off and watch. Get a few pals around, maybe have a pint, and then you'll enjoy it more. Wow. There wasn't enough depth to the first one, as I was hoping and as I'd heard there is. And there's so much missing potential with one character specifically in the second one. But there is one redeeming factor to the first film. Drew. Drew Thomas. Legend. Fucking love him. I'm so That's confused. I'm say. so Drew's confused great. by this obsession with this man. He's just really good. Like, he just has some really cool moments. And he's like, he's actually the only properly useful one that doesn't do stupid shit. Like, some things that don't make sense in the first Conjuring for me. 
One, the fact that the ghost latches onto the two investigators. Okay, it can happen once, but then it happens again. The second one. And they literally said beforehand, when he was having an interview, we prepare before we go in case of a demonic possession, in case they can latch onto us. We don't want them to because we have a family at home and we have all this stuff at home, so we can't have them latch onto us. So we make sure we don't, they don't. And yet it happened twice, and I imagine it happened in the third film again. For some reason, they just forgot their entire rule of don't let ghosts latch onto you, which is a big thing for paranormal, paranormal investigators, I'd imagine. Um, but yeah. I have a few annoyances with these movies. I can tell. I can tell. Well, yeah. let's let's jump right straight into the first one then. The Conjuring. Um, the the uh, synopsis on Google says uh, the Perrin family moves into a farmhouse where they experience paranormal phenomena. They consult demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren to help them get rid of the evil entity haunting them. Um, I'm not going to hold anything back here. This movie is really good. I think this is a really solid, really, really solid horror film. And it's it's on its it's probably it's it's probably regarded as like a a modern horror classic at this point. See, that's what I keep on getting told. And it just didn't do anything for me. Personally. See, I I feel like I'm on an island where I just personally for me I have these films where um, I like I just don't enjoy them nearly as much as everybody else. Like horror for me, especially modern horror, doesn't usually get me anyway, because a lot of it relies on jump scares, and jump scares have never really gotten me in horror. Even when I was a kid, I'm just kind of immune to it. I, I don't know why it it sucks. Um, see, really enjoy these movies and when I get scared by them, but see, for me, I've I've seen this movie a lot over the years. And I haven't seen it in actually quite a few years. When it, when it first came out, I watched it a lot. I had it on DVD. I use that DVD so often. And I haven't actually seen it in about six-ish years. Um, and the first time... I, I watched it uh, last week. with some. With, I watched it with some friends. And I got... There were moments I got a bit spooked. And I was like, I've seen this movie before. How am I getting scared at these moments? And I think that's just the power that this movie has on me. Like it's there, there's still moments that give me a chill down my spine that 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 really like just creep me out. And it's because this movie's really, really good. See, that's where it didn't really spook me. Like the the only bits that genuinely creeped me out were when it was really, really long stretches of suspense. And I wasn't even fully creeped out. I was slightly unnerved. And I feel like this movie really needs to play on that a lot more because suspense is where, like, genuinely good horror for me comes into. But at the same time, I also was able to, like, predict so much that was about to happen next. And a fair few of the scares as well. I could tell when they were coming because you could just see all of the signs. I think... I, I think a very safe horror movie. See, when this came out, I don't think it was safe. I think this is I think maybe to some people this has gotten worse over time 
because we've had so many other horror films try and be like this. Like this, this movie, this movie spawned a billion dollar franchise with a B. The Conjuring universe has made a billion dollars. I don't watch anything like this kind of film anyway. And so of course it's going to have like imitators. And so, and there has, there's been a big horror boom, like Blumhouse. Blumhouse come out with like 10 movies a year. And, you know, yeah. So like, there's going to be a lot that are more directed towards like jump scares and stuff like that. And, and I think this movie works really well because it was like, one an early one to do it. Yeah, I can understand understand that, but I usually when I'm watching horror, I don't go for jump scare horror. I don't like the only Blumhouse ones I watch are the more innovative, really indie ones. So like Get Out, the ones that are made on zero budget. Like I don't watch the bigger ones that they bring out because I know that it's just gonna be trash. Because they spend so much on a trash movie and then so little on a fucking incredible one. Yeah. Like that's Blumhouse's whole thing. Yeah. And I like I've not watched the Insidious franchise either, which I've heard is kind of similar Insi- to um Insidious like One is really good. I've not watched any of them because I've heard so many times that it's really good horror, it's really good modern horror, and it's just like I'm sure it is, but it's not for me. Like, modern horror just doesn't get me. I prefer, like, I prefer the suspense of something like Halloween, which I know obviously nowadays is a very safe film, and it's the same as what you said. It's, it was not safe when it first came out at all. Yeah. That was not safe horror. But that's also got nostalgia for me, and I think I have jumped on this late. But I watched It 2017, like, in 2019. So I jumped on that a bit late. That scared me still a decent chunk. Yeah. Like I watched Get Out quite late and that creeped me the fuck out a decent chunk. I don't think jumping on a franchise late means that it loses its taste over time because no matter what, if it's the first, it should still stand out as good horror in that sense and not even like safe it should stand out as the best kind because it's the one that works the best, but it still doesn't do enough for me. It's just okay. Like I honestly, I just felt bad for their own child. I'm really shocked. I'm for Ed and Lorraine's child. I'm really shocked. I thought you'd have really liked this one. No. Um, Weirdly enough, I was really wanting to trust me. I was really hoping I would love these films so much and really get into the franchise because I do want to get into a big horror franchise. This one just wasn't it for me at all. It it was just a good, it's a good horror film. Don't get me wrong. It is a very, it's a good film, but it's not, it's a good thriller to me. It's not a good horror film. What would, what, just so I get a gauge on like where you're at, what would you give this movie out of 10? give it a seven i'd give it a solid seven it's just the horror aspect didn't work for me but story wise the characters the like the ghosts in general like everything about it is really interesting the backstory it tells is really interesting yeah 
but it just wasn't enough like for horror for me like the only the only aspect that's really disappointed me is horror i genuinely enjoyed the movies but it's not enough to get me into watching wanting to watch the whole franchise and it's not like everybody was doing like back in the day screaming at the tv saying that you have to what you can't watch it alone you have to watch it with the lights off i could watch i watched this at 3 a.m no oh, 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 oh. fucking hard man over here oh like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying like this is this is one of those movies where when you're 11 years old yeah you'll find it scary if you're an 11 year old in in 2013 is it this yeah. came out yeah 2013 if you were 11 to 12 and weren't biggest horror fan in general but you wanted to be spooked with your friends, this would scare the shit out of you. But it just... I was never bothered by this movie in the first place anyway. I've never had any reason to watch it other than this podcast. Wow. I'm... 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 I'm shocked that you're so down on this. Um, I think that I'm there's... I'm only down on the horror aspect. That... So... Um... There, there's some really iconic moments in this. Like the, um... The whole hands clapping behind behind her while she's got the match uh, in the cellar. That's a really great scene. Um, the uh, the demon on top of the wardrobe while the little girl's walking into it. That's really great. I, I also appreciated how each of... Because they've got like five kids. I really appreciate how each of the kids has a memorable moment to shine throughout the movie. Like a memorable moment, like a memorable spooky moment. So like the uh, yeah. there's um there's the little girl that who gets her like hair picked up and thrown about. There's the girl that's in the bed and she wakes up in the middle of the night. And she's getting dragged out of bed. There's the girl that gets jumped on from the wardrobe. There's the little girl with the uh, what you call it the uh, little. A jack in the box thing that you spin. Oh, yeah. That that's really cool. The music box. The music box. Um. Yeah. So I I, re- I appreciated that they gave each of them their own memorable moment. Um. For the movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I think this is really solid. I'm sort of. I mean, it. See, I think it's really solid, so I find it really hard to talk about. You know what I mean? Because it, it's it's just good. It's just a. It's just a good movie. Um, I've I've got a little wrap up review here. Um, if I'm gonna read that. So the Conjuring one, this is a modern horror classic, and for good reason. It spends plenty of time getting to know the family in danger, whilst not feeling overstuffed. It's still scary to this day after multiple watches, and it's easy to see how this movie spawned a billion dollar franchise. Eight out of ten. Fair enough. And it also... I don't fully agree with all of it, but like I said, uh, this modern horror just doesn't get me too well. And it also introduced the world to Annabelle. It doesn't do anything for me, to be honest. No, but like, just just Annabelle has become iconic in its own right and has spawned its oh, yeah, own 100%. separate... The doll itself. And its own separate franchise. Like, that, that, that doll has a trilogy of movies. 
I mean, that's not surprising, though. They, they, made, they played heavily on that in the opening scene. They made a trilogy of Annabelle films before they made a trilogy of Conjuring movies. Yeah, they That's did. crazy. But that's because the Annabelle films are easy to make, it seems like. Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, and Annabelle Comes Home, is it? Yeah. Apparently, the first like the first one's okay, the second one sucks, and the third one kind of redeems the second one, doesn't it? No, you got that in the wrong order. So the first one is unwatchable, the second one's really good, and the third one's actually okay. Okay, The Conjuring 1. It's a good movie. Watch it if you want. We really don't give a shit. Now, for the moment I've been waiting for, The Conjuring 2. Also known in some places as The Conjuring 2, The Enfield Haunting. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis from uh, Google. So, Peggy, a single mother of four children, seeks the help of occult investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren when she and her children witness strange paranormal events in their house. Um, so, this, this movie follows the story of the Enfield haunting, uh, the, the, one of the most famous ghost stories in England. And yeah. this movie's a real mixed bag. Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. Like it's got so much potential with certain things, and then the nun just kind of happens. It's just like, oh, yeah, I don't care. I yeah, really, I'm, I feel nothing right now. Yeah. Um, I'm very glad you're you're with me on this. I thought you were gonna say that the scariest part of this film was the nun. I was like, no, she did not scare me one bit. The nun has a not really, even her design. The nun has a really great scene. Uh, the nun's the nun's very first scene. When, when she's walking around the house and she's like, who's that down the corridor? And she's just stood at the bottom of the corridor. And you're like, oh, okay, that's unsettling. And then she walks into that room and then she like picks up the paint and the shadow walk goes around the whole room and picks up the paint and then runs at her. That, that's, that's a really great scene. That's a really solid scene. Yeah, um, I was literally predicting that entire scene though whilst I was watching it. But then like I was saying everything that was going to happen. Other than uh, that, yeah, though, other than that, though, yeah, the the nun is a big problem in this, and it's it's made even worse by the fact that her movie is also absolute dog shit. And it's getting a sequel. Yeah, somehow. Because it made money. Yeah. Um. So, I think what works in this is the main story. So, the story of the Enfield haunting. It's really interesting. I saw a short, a, a miniseries that was on Sky Living. Um, where it was around the time that this movie came out. Um, and that was really interesting. Like, the, the story of it is really good. But unfortunately, they kind of add too much stuff to it and get a couple of things entangled that don't need to be. Like, so you've got the, they add the nun, they add the crooked man. And the crooked man, like, Serves. The Crooked Man is the best thing of this movie and it has so much potential, it's so wasted. Because he's barely in it. it he's, he make you, like... Okay, he he does nothing for the story. He does nothing, but he's the coolest thing in this film. But like, And also, just... like him, when he first transforms... I just want to quickly talk about the scene because this is the oh, this is the genuinely best thing in this movie for me and this is where I meant like the wasted potential. Like, that scene when it's the little boy going down the corridor and the dog's barking at the thing, you open 
opens the door and then the crooked man transforms from the fucking dog. That creeped me out. That actually like this is the this is the only time this movie genuinely creeped me out. Yeah. And then he was kind of stop motiony at first. He was very jittery and I fucking love that. Yeah. Stop motion in horror where it's only the 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 enemy, the villain that is stop motion is the most unsettling thing ever. And they need to do that more. I would much prefer a Crooked Man solo thing. Or, like, scrap the nun shit and have the Crooked Man replace the nun. No, but that like, would have made this movie a million times better for me. No, it wouldn't, though. It wouldn't, because this movie is too wrapped up in itself to see that it doesn't need an overarching villain that connects to the first movie. It's just, this investigation on its own is scary. Yeah, that's... That's one thing that should have happened. It should have been a completely separate thing. Yeah, replacing completely replacing separate. the nun with another irrelevant demon doesn't help this movie. It just makes it slightly less bad by having too many man demons. More screen time. No, but like they were gonna make a crooked man so- solo film, but it just that that scene. Sure, he's good, but he just screams of like, okay, we're gonna try and get a, fra- a franchise out of this. So. Um, let's create this new demon and have him be a part of the movie in one scene uh, to see if people enjoy it. And then if people do, we'll make a f- movie about it. And it's like, there's just no, there's no point in him. There's no need for him. And he's literally just there to see if people connect to it and are like, oh, that's interesting. And then they'll make a movie on it. He just screams of like, it's like the whole of spin-offs from uh, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I 100% understand what you mean. And the fact that, like, I I don't want a Crooked Man spin-off now because he only had, like, one scene, in, or, like, two scenes in this movie. Yeah, and, like, it just it just made no sense to have him here. Like, just to the story, anyway. But, um, yeah, so, so, the, so the nun, right? So the nun's whole thing is, like, she... So, so in the first movie, it's said that, like, Lorraine Warren was, like, sort of touched by this guy during an exorcism, and it kind of fucked her up. And she saw, and in this movie, it's revealed that she saw um, Ed die, and it really fucked her up, and she just didn't yeah. say anything for ages. And the person she saw was this nun character. And it's like, oh, well then, okay. Um, but, like, there's just no need for it, man. There's no need for an overarching villain in this. Like that, I think. I think it just this movie just feels so overstuffed, and it's it's far too long. Why in the holiest of hells is this movie two and a quarter hours? That is insane. It is genuinely like this is where this franchise is already losing me and it shouldn't lose me in the second film in the main series. Yeah. I should be invested by the se- by the end of the second film. And I'm really not. And it's just, this is where more problems came. It, to, if I was to remake this movie, fuck off the nun completely. Yeah. Keep the crooked man in general because he's separate from the first film. Give him a bit more screen time, like replace the scenes with more crooked man shit. 
and really haunt the fuck out of that child and keep the entire storyline of the old man as well because that bit is genuinely cool yeah it's very exorcist yeah it is and that's what i really liked yeah and there's some there there was another moment that kind of unsettled me and it was when the little girl went downstairs and then saw the rocking chair. Then when she went back upstairs, there's a figure sitting in the chair. Yeah. And this is where this movie is starting to go in the right direction. This is where the franchise is going in the right direction for me, where it's unsettling shit hidden in the background. This is why I loved like the invisible man, because there's shit that you won't notice on the first watch. And if you do notice it, you feel amazing. You feel smart. And then you're like, Oh shit, that's actually terrifying. There's somebody in the room. I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the kind of stuff that it excites me about horror, and it's not done enough. And that's why I, you know, obsess over the Invisible Man so much because it's all about that kind of shit. That's, that stuff um, happens constantly. That's where James Wan's expert direction comes into it because there's also that um, that amazing yeah. scene when the the demon refuses to talk unless nobody's looking and she's got the water in her mouth. Yeah. And so, so they all turn away. But then it it starts to fade in. Yeah. It puts, it puts her out of focus and you can sort of see her in the back. She's sort of morphing into this old man. And it's so bizarre because you're like, it's out of, it's blurry. So you're like, is it the old man? Is it the little girl? Like what's going on? But yeah, there's some really great things in this movie, but unfortunately it's just, it's just too fucking long. It's too overstuffed. It's oversaturated. And the ending, it, the ending, it's really sort of, oversaturated. The the ending really feels like th- this is like blockbuster horror, and the ending to this movie feels like if it was in a Marvel movie, this would be like a big blue sky beam. Like it's just the most boring yeah. shit for for the end of this movie. It's just like. Oh, the, the demon's got all the powers. What's it gonna do? It's gonna slam doors. And it's like it's just boring. It's too much. Just noise. This and that's is, not what this, horror is. This exact moment is where I felt Warner Brothers like really stepped in. It was like we need a big blockbuster scene. Yeah, because I don't imagine James Wan specifically making that moment. I, I really think that's where Warner Brothers stepped in and was like, right, we want this to happen. And they've kind of ruined the film already there. And I think also The Nun is where Warner Brothers stepped in because they wanted to connect it to the first film. And they also wanted something spin-offs. scary to spin off from because they'd already done something for the first film with Annabelle. Yeah. They wanted more spin offs. And they very clearly wanted a spin-off for the Crooked Man, but they didn't give him enough screen time or an interesting enough that, moment that has recently, for a spin-off. That has recently been cancelled. That that planned spin-off. The, the spin-off yeah, did get announced, but it has since been cancelled. There's not enough. There's not enough of, of him, though, to get a spin-off. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's the most interesting demon in this because of his design and his, like, lullaby that he sings. But that's it. There's not much else that's that interesting in this. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's it. Once again, this is where I lost 
interest in this franchise already. The only reason I want to watch the third one is because the story itself sounds interesting, like the case that they do. Yeah. And uh, I know Drew is in it. Yeah, Drew, Drew, yeah. Drew's in it, so I'm going to watch it. That's why I'm not going to watch Annabelle, the trilogy, and The Nun, and The Nun Tale, and The Cost of Lotharon. But not because I think they're going to be shit, because I have no interest in the franchise. It's because Drew's not there. Unless Drew is there, and then I'll watch it. What if I told you Drew was there, and just lied to you? I mean, you realise that IMDB is a thing. I can check. Yeah, but who do you trust? The internet or your best friend? The internet. Why would I trust you? Uh, to be honest, as soon as I said that, I thought you were going to say, but um, wh- why would James know anything about this or something like that? I thought you were just going to name some random person. I was going to be like, well then. <laughs> um, that would have been better. That yeah, been yeah it would have been. It would have been, yeah. Do you, do you want me to rewind it and, and you can say that? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stage a joke. We're better than that. Oh, okay. I mean, we're not because we have literally done that before. But we've still. done that so many times. <laughs> no, you've done that so many times. <laughs> Stiff, <laughs> you have done that so many times. Yeah, I've never staged a joke. I'm naturally funny, bitch. Hilarious, hilarious. Um, I'm gonna read my. I'm. I'm kind of done with this because like, I. I feel like I've ranted enough. Is there anything else you want to add to this before I do my wrap-up? Um, Drew has one scene in the movie and it's the best part of the film. Okay. Um, the Conjuring 2. <laughs> this movie is weird. It's definitely good, but it's just too much. There's far too much going on in this movie that is hard to keep track of what is actually important. It feels like a set-up movie for, for more spin-offs in this franchise, and that feels really cheap. In saying that, though, the core story is still really good and the investigation is interesting. It's not a bad movie, but it could have been so much better. I've settled on a six. I was going to say a five. But the more I'm talking about it, the more I kind of want to give it like a five or point five. Because like, but, but there is good stuff in this and it is a movie that you can put on and enjoy. It's just a little bit infuriating sometimes. To, especially towards the end. The, the, Conjuring, the Conjuring franchise, the main series, seems like it should be an anthology thing. Where you follow the same characters of the first two, only the two main characters who are the investigators doing different shit. Similar to how like Knives Out is being presented in the sequels, supposedly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly... another adventure By the way, that one character. That's where this franchise should be. That is exactly what the third film is. Yeah, and that's what another reason why I'm interested because it's completely separate. It doesn't need all this bullshit. It doesn't need spin-offs or anything. You don't need to make a horror fucking universe. Yeah. If you just make good horror, people will want sequels and you don't have to necessarily connect them constantly. No, no, man. You can do good horror without it constantly being connected. Definitely. The Conjuring 1 and 3 supposedly proves that. Yeah. And it's been proven with TV shows like American Horror Story and now the um, the Haunting franchise on Netflix with the Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. Yeah. You can have these people again and again completely separate universes though, completely separate 
stories. You don't have to ever connect it, and that's what's really interesting about horror. Definitely, man. Definitely. Right. This turned into a into a fun conversation about it. Did didn't random it? shit. It did, didn't it? Um. There you go. That's the Conjuring franchise, the Conjuring series of films, because the franchise is like everything else. We talked about the Conjuring series of films. It was a good time. I had fun with that. Did you have fun with that? Conjuring trilogy. Let's say that. Yes, the Conjuring trilogy. Um. I finally watched The Conjuring, so the people that have been telling me to watch The Conjuring for God knows how long can shut the fuck up. Um, thank you very much. I'm sorry, <laughs> Owen. Um, but yeah, like, I enjoyed them. They were overhyped and oversold the f- to fuck to me. I think yeah. that's another reason why these have, you know, kind of like disappointed me a bit because of how much hype I've had for them. Yeah. But yeah. It, they were good. They were good ghost films. That's rare, honestly. Like, genuinely, good ghost films is kind of rare. The last good ghost film I watched was Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories is great. Go and watch Ghost Stories instead of all of these ghost movies. Ghost Stories is really good. Go watch Ghost Stories instead. <laughs> Go, ghost Stories is like a 10 out of 10. It's so good. Ghost Stories has the best moment for a character in a go- in a horror film I've ever had in my seen in my life. And it's because it's actually how somebody would react. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly which one you mean. In his car. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he just goes, so, fuck that. Yeah. It's, when he's, it's when he's, like, putting his phone in the air. He's like, fucking O2. <laughs> That's so good, man. That's... That is how you react in that moment. Yeah, go, ghost so stories. Genuine. Ghost stories is the recommend this week. Fuck everything else. Ghost stories is so good. Go and watch that. It's so good. Um, you have a recommendation, though. Oh, hang on. I'm going to do the awkward intro first. David, my main man. Um, Oh, God, don't call me that. Would you like to sell me a movie or a TV show or a game or a music or a book if you're a nerd? Okay. Um, Xander's horrible intro that he does every fucking time aside. Um, I would like to sell you... I'm going to go with a game and a movie because I keep on playing new games all the fucking time recently. I've had no life recently when it comes to, like, shit to just do in the day, so I keep on completing a load of games. I've been getting through my back catalog quite bad, quite quickly. Um, okay. So the game I'm going to recommend to you, fairly recent release on PC, but it's been out for a while on PlayStation. It's Days Gone, the open-world zombie survival game. Have I got that? Uh, uh, you sh- you should because it was on PS Plus at one point. Then I do have it. Yeah. I haven't played it though. I'm pretty sure you do. Um, so, basically you play as a biker in a zombie apocalypse. You've lost your girlfriend, wife, person, thing. Um, and like it's about, I think, a few months down the line after that. And you're just trying to survive with your buddy. Um, cool. I've not gone too far into it, but the bike physics are really good. The combat's really fun, and the main selling point of this game when it first released, because I was following this game quite heavily before release, and then the reviews came out. I just said it was average, um, but now that it's come to PC, people are rediscovering it, saying it's really good. Um, the thing that really interested me was the zombie stuff. Um, okay. There's three main things. One of them is really tiny. 
One of them is super tiny, and I'll talk about that now. When you shine a flashlight at a zombie, they will cover their eyes and walk slower towards you. It's such a small little thing, but that's a really good mechanic because it will actually save your ass in some situations. And I like that. That's a nice attention to detail. The big things are the swarms, the hordes of zombies. If you watch the trailer for this game, what the amount of zombies you see in the trailer is what you see in the game. Think of the moment from World War Z where they're piling up a huge wall and start literally like waterfalling down. Right. That's how many zombies are on screen and how many zombies you are killing. Wow, that's a lot. It's a shit ton, and it's really impressive. It runs really smoothly in those moments as well, which is the most impressive part. Um, the other more interesting part is something that is horrid as it is would happen in real life if there was a zombie apocalypse where people would not only like care for the zombies but fantasize about being a zombie and form a cult where they want to be turned and one of the main factions of enemies in this game is exactly that they believe that the purest way to die is to be reborn as a zombie and when you're like in a fight with a horde of zombies and there's also those guys there, they will submit to the zombies. They will literally bet like kneel down to be eaten. That's pretty fucked up. It's really cool though. It's a really cool, interesting idea. This this game has so many interesting ideas and I feel like it's been overlooked quite a lot, so that's why I wanted to shine some light on it. Cool, cool. And, and, the, and the movie. The film... Well, it's not really a movie, but it, it's the length of a movie. I, I, it's a Netflix comedy special. I was going to say, I was so, I'm was so i so glad you were going to talk about this because I was also going to bring this up. We need to do... Yeah. Okay. Carry on. So, Bo Burnham, the, uh, the genius singer-songwriter comic, has brought out a new special on Netflix shot entirely during lockdown by himself. Yeah. And he's just going insane. It's literally a special of a descent into insanity. And it's so weird and wonderful. It's such an experience. It's so hard to describe have you, how Have you seen his other Netflix specials? I've only watched Bo Burnham Watt. I've never watched his um, other spe- Netflix specials. Um, so, so there's Watts and there's Make Happy. Those are both on Netflix. Um, actually, watching them both, I, I, I watched, I watch these both religiously all the time. Um, and now I've got a new one to sort of cradle because uh, I, I love this guy's genuinely like my one of my idols. Uh, the way he talks and the way he does comedy is something that I'd love to do. Where he, like especially in in make happy there's a song at the end of that where he he makes it funny and then hits a serious note and the audience is just he's got them in the palm of his hand and it's like damn this guy can do anything like this this guy could say yeah. anything right now and the audience would like lap it up um and he's yeah he's one of my he's my fav probably one of my favorite comedians if not my favorite um my current my my favorite is still 
at James Acaster, but he's getting up there. Yeah, um, Boom's making che- his way. Check out his other his other special on Netflix then uh, this week. That's your homework, David. But watching Inside was, yeah, like David said, it's an experience. I I shut my phone off. I like just sort of had tunnel vision. I didn't look away, and it was honestly a absolutely incredible we just did so i I studied theater and performance at university and we just did a whole module on lighting and sound and i was not interested in it at all they didn't really go through much of it with us it was like a two-week mini module and then as soon as it ends i watched this and i'm like holy shit lighting can be so amazing like the lighting yeah. that he gets in this, like the uh, the song where he says he's uh, the the turning thirty song, the lighting in that, yeah, is and it's like spinning around phenomenal. him, yeah, yeah, because he does it all the on one, his own, one all this, he's whole, yeah, he's just by himself, it's, yeah. This is like the most innovative thing in when it comes to lighting alone. This is something that I really wanted to like touch on, and I'm so glad you brought it up, yeah, because that moment when he's stomping on the pedal to turn on the light. And then, like, spinning whatever this globe light he has in his hand around him. The shadows, the lighting, the everything that is created in that moment is so fucking cool. Yeah. I was in awe watching this. I was like, holy shit, this guy needs to... I want to see what this guy would do, like, as a DOP. Yeah, Because well, he has some really nice shots. He's... Have you well. seen... He's directed a movie, wrote and directed a movie called Eighth Grade a couple of years ago. Have you seen that? I've not watched it. That is also on Netflix. I highly recommend you watch that because that is that is a really great movie. That's a really, really great movie. It's got like 99% on Rotten Tomatoes as well, if that's the sort of thing you look at. So yeah, that's definitely worth a watch. That is also on Netflix. Um, so go watch that as well just just watch everything that bo burnham's done because he's genuinely such a huge talent um which also brings me on to my other recommendation which i've recommended before but just a quick one watch the big sick bo burnham's in it bo burnham is actually in it yeah um and i'm pretty sure he's practically playing himself he is he is yeah it's great Um, he's also in a promising woman yeah he is and he's really good in that He's really good in that. Yeah, he's a good fucking actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, this the, this show as well, it goes... The, there's several long periods of it where you don't actually laugh. So it's not even... I can't you even just, say it's a comedy special. It's just special. It's just a special. Yeah, and it's like... Because th- there's long periods That's where, you, where you're not it. even... You don't even notice that you're not laughing because you're just in awe of what this guy can do. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, literally. Truly one of the best things I've seen this year and probably will be... I, I can't imagine it being topped by anything else that comes out this year. Um, but unfortunately, it's not a movie, so it can't end up on my top 10 films of the year. Lol! Uh, so really, it's a 2 out of 10. Never watch it. No, I'm joking. This is... Uh, I've I've watched it twice now, and the songs are stuck in my head. Um, especially I I love the internet song, where he he, look, he kind of it's kind of got that Willy Won- song is so it's kind of got that Willy Wonka su- uh, vibe to it, um, which I which I really dig. And there's there's yeah. it's the quiet moments where he's just sat talking, where like the moment he turns thirty, 
that is so such a rough yeah. moment. And then there's a moment later on where he's like, yeah, I'm never going to finish this because if I finish it, then what the fuck am I going to do with my life? Because then this is over and I can't do this anymore. So you're never actually going to see this. So I'm no, I'm talking to no one, so bye. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you will love this, but it will. I, I, I tried telling this to my dad. My dad said he was going to watch it. And I said, be aware, this will hurt. Because it is emotionally raw and it, it hurt me. It hurt me. By by watching this, like, a piece of me, like, it just hurt. Because it was so emotionally raw and draining. Um, Yeah, I could talk about this all day, about how much of a genius this guy is. But I won't. I'll stop. And I've sort of overtaken David's recommendation. I apologise. <laughs> no, no, honestly, like, I'm glad that we recommended the same thing. Because I really wanted to talk about this with you in general. Because yeah. I know that this is your kind of thing as well. That's why I messaged you right after, just like, yo, have you seen Bo Burnham's Inside? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it'd come out at all. Um, Like, I genuinely did not know it'd come out. And I'm so fucking glad that it's, like, actually happened. It's so interesting as well. It's really, really interesting. Like, what? there's other moments where, um, like, they, like, you mentioned the uh, moment where he's like, you're never going to watch this. There's also that moment where he's like saying, I've nearly finished a special. But then he keeps on fucking up and he hits himself once and then just walks off in anger. Yeah. It's just like, I genuinely could not tell if this was his genuine reaction or if this is acting. Well, like, it's... So, we we talk a lot about at university, we talk about a... Uh, we, we did a... a, a sort of we tried to before the lockdown um last year we tried doing a show about grief and there was a big yeah. debate in our class about like our duty of care to the audience and how we've got it like um because the, the our tutor is a is a like a an artist herself um and she says like yeah whenever yeah. i make a show i allocate a part of the budget for a therapist for me because like this show yeah. is probably gonna fuck me up so I've got to take care, make sure I'm taking care of myself and the audience. Like I've got to make sure I'm taking care of the audience as well. And I was thinking like towards the end when he, like there's a moment he pulls out of bed and he, he like, he crawls into bed and it's like, shit, is he sleeping in here? Like, so the duty of care to him, that is, there is no care for him there. He is not taking care of himself. And that's what worried me so much. That's what genuinely worried me so much about this. Um, like I got, I got really, I got nervous for him thinking, shit, is he actually like, it would not surprise me if this ended with like a, a letter and then a week later it's like, oh yeah, he's been found dead. Because like he, I, I, I want to give the guy a hug and make sure he's okay. Um, Thankfully, I was on Twitter earlier and I saw that he posted a picture of him in the sun about three hours ago. So it's all good. He's still with us. That's nice. So I was genuinely worried about like his mental health through this. Like, yeah. I I do think it was acting. I think he wasn't actually living in this room. I think that was all just for the special, and that's why it's taken him so long to make it. Because he was saying like he's he spent a year making it now. So I don't think he actually didn't leave the room. Yeah. 
But at the same time, you can't fully tell. Like, I want to see behind the scenes of this. I want to see, like, the making of. Like, a do- I want to see a documentary about this now. Well, he sort of, he sort of did, it's like, so there's, there's, there's clips of it throughout, like, him just, like, setting up cameras and stuff like that. So you do kind of get a bit of that. Yeah, but um, you do kind of get, but I want to see, like, the full actual, like, documentary of, like, his thought process through the entire thing. I want to hear, like, not maybe not a documentary, but I want to hear, like, a director's or, like, writer's commentary yeah. for this. Because that would be so dope. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I feel like I we've really, talked about this enough. Really, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, this this is a high recommend. I know we've recommended quite a few things this week. Um, that Very are high, high recommend. Yeah, so th- this is like, yeah, this is one of the best things you'll see this year. Uh, and it's one of the most original comedy specials on Netflix. So definitely check it out. And check out Bo Burnham's other stuff. He's also on Netflix. Uh, David, your homework this week. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be getting a text in the next couple of days saying that you've watched Make Happy. Am I? Um, yeah. Um, well then, thanks for letting me uh, hightail your recommendation there, David. I'm gonna recommend. I- I'm gonna sell you a movie. It's um, and it is a movie. Ooh. So last week I uh, sold you a movie called Bad Taste, which was Peter Jackson's directorial yeah. debut. This week, I'm going to show you another Peter Jackson film. Um, it's it's oh. it's another one of his early ones. It is a movie called Brain Dead. It is also I known in some this. places as Dead Alive. Uh, so this follows a really like uh, introverted guy who still lives with his mum, um, who's really like controlling over him. Then he meets a girl. They like she they they sort of fought, they start a relationship and fall in love. And when when they're at the zoo on a date, his mother follows them and sort of like he's stalking them a bit. And she gets bitten by a special kind of rat that was found in uh, on Skull Island, out in like you know the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's got like and, and like you know if you get bitten by it, then something bad happens. And of course, it becomes a zombie film. So she gets bitten by this thing. And then turns into a zombie. And um, it, so the movie is meant to be campy again, like um, Bad Taste was. And it it really works. This movie is absolutely hilarious. It's so gross as well, because it, again, it's a cheap movie. So like all the effects, and, and the yeah. effects look absolutely fantastic. You can see where the budget's gone. Um, and... Yeah, some of the kills are great. There's a there's a very iconic scene with a lawnmower that uh, I I will not tell I think I've seen that everything about yeah. here, uh, but it's definitely worth the wait in the movie. Um, yeah, there's some there's some really uh, good characters as well that you kind of get to know um, and ca- kind of get to hate. There's a baby zombie which is like a, a little shit and it's really funny and you're like halfway through this movie he's trying to like take care of all these zombies trying to keep it quiet because he's trying not to cause suspicion so he's like hiding them all in the basement and they're all watching tv and two of them won't stop making out with each other it's so it's so weird there's a priest that knows karate it's the it's such a crazy random movie that it's definitely worth a watch and i, I watched it with a group of friends 
we all watched it together and had an absolute blast. And I think you guys will as well. Um, weirdly enough, the entire movie is available on YouTube. If you just go, if you go on YouTube, type in "brain dead full movie," it's there. Um, but if I was to sell it on like a DVD, I'd sell it for like two pound. Because again, you know, yeah, it's it's a really fun time, especially with friends and beer. Oh wow, it is literally the first. There's multiple versions as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, this this is definitely worth a watch. It's very funny and very dumb, and yeah. I really liked it. There you go. That will do it for this week. Yes? No? I, I think so. Amazing. Maybe. I don't oh, know. Oh, no. Can, Can you repeat, repeat the, the question? question? Anyway. Um, You're another boss, me. So, Sorry. next week, we have a really special episode, don't we, David? Don't. Don't Leave spoil it as a teaser. Just okay. say we have a special episode. We have a special episode next week. Ooh, so spooky skelly. Ooh. Um, See? Yeah, yeah. Spooky so spooky scary skeletons. Send shivers down your spine. Anyway, Do-do. I can't. Yeah, I can't think of the rest Shrieky of the words. Shrieky skulls and shock your soul. See you tonight. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, spooky we've got a very special skeletons. episode next week with some very special guests. So make sure you are here for that uh, because it's going to be a really good one. So. Until next week, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, make sure you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Um, you can Remember, you can also, if you want to hear the episodes early, you can head on over to our Patreon and uh, send us over, uh, like, it's, you know, you know, do, do the done thing on there. Um, and we, we actually do have some people on the Patreon, which means a lot to us, so thank you to those people. Um, and also, you can head on over to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we post clips from the podcast every single week, and David does really fun thumbnails for them uh, that are always that are always a, a laugh to look at. Um, so make sure you are yeah. t- uh, tuned in next week for the special episode, and we will see you there. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, thanks, David, for being here, by the way. I should probably say that. No, you don't need to. I'm here every fucking week. Yeah, I know, but it just feels polite, you know? I'm literally at the co-host with you. Yeah, I know. Crazy. It's my right? job. Crazy. I right? Like I don't. My my manager doesn't at, like thank me for coming into work every day. I'm paid to be there. Oh, I th- I, like, I, I I have to be here. No, I thank people who who are, who, are, who, are, who who work who come in work for me. Yeah, if oh, if if I'm in charge for the day and people come in work, I'm like, thanks a lot for today. You've done really well. Cheers. Yeah. I'm just a polite person, man. What can I say? Anyway, bye!